in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The expression, actions speak louder than words, doesn't appear in the Bible, but it sums up the spirit of Christ's life. He's quoted as saying, you will know them by their fruits. It's not that words don't matter. They're a powerful way of informing and influencing each other. They may inspire and comfort us. They may also threaten and frighten us. But how do they make us act? Whilst I was preparing this, I came across a verse in the Psalms which reminded me of something in our Gospel reading. The Psalm was written in Hebrew and the Gospel in Greek, but the key word in both expresses the same sentiment. The Psalmist says, Great is your compassion, O Lord. Give me life according to your judgments. Matthew writes, When Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. And there was another connection, because the psalm ended, I have gone astray like a sheep that is lost. O seek your servant, for I do not forget your commandments. The entire work of Jesus on earth can be summed up as compassion. Our English word derives from Latin and means suffering with but the Hebrew and Greek speak of a deep sense of pity, felt not, as we might say, in the heart, but in the gut, the entrails, even the bowels. Either way, it's a very powerful sentiment. Not one to be brushed aside, but one which demands action. Not surprisingly, we find the Gospels using it a number of times to describe Jesus' response when he's faced with people in need. More than once, Jesus' compassion is aroused by crowds who followed him into the countryside and are now desperately hungry. It's also aroused by blind men, by a leper, by a boy suffering with convulsions by a widow whose only son has just died. And as well as the compassion Jesus himself feels, in three of his parables he describes the compassion of others. First, there's the Lord whose compassion moves him to forgive a servant who owes him an enormous sum of money he can never possibly repay. Even more tellingly, it's compassion which moves the Good Samaritan to come to the rescue of the poor wretch left by robbers to die by the roadside. But supreme example is surely the father of the prodigal son. Luke tells us, well, he was still far off, his father saw him and he was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. These three precious examples of Jesus' teaching point us to the compassion of God. But compassion's far more than just the centre of Jesus' teaching. Actions speak louder than words. Compassion is the very thing that has caused him to come among us. Paul uses the word love. God proves his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. But when love takes action, 
What is it but compassion? Compassion is love reaching out to another. Back to today's Gospel. Jesus, we're told, has been busy moving from city to village and to synagogue, bringing healing of every disease and sickness, and above all, bringing the good news that the power of God is active and moving through his world. So why, with all he's already been doing, should Jesus suddenly on this occasion be so moved by the crowds he sees before him? The answer can only be that for all the good he's so far achieved, all the hope he's offered, he's suddenly overwhelmed by the sheer size of the task facing him. The compassion he now feels makes him long to put his arms around all the needy people he sees before him. And suddenly he recalls all the stories he's heard since childhood of sheep uncared for, running loose, not knowing whom to follow, and in grave danger. Where is the shepherd God has promised through his prophets? Jesus knows that only he himself can be that shepherd. And yet, it mustn't be he alone. The success of God's action will depend on Jesus recruiting and commissioning assistant shepherds. The Hebrew scriptures are full of references to shepherds. Moses was called by God so that the congregation of the Lord may not be like a sheep like sheep without a shepherd. In both 1 Kings and 2 Chronicles we read, I saw Israel scattered on the mountains like sheep that have no shepherd. Isaiah tells us that the Lord will sheep, feed his sheep like a shepherd. Jeremiah contains no fewer than 12 references to shepherds, but it's left to Zechariah to issue the chilling warning which Jesus will later echo, strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. Nothing, however, compares with Ezekiel, in whose mighty 34th chapter God condemns in frightening terms the utter failure of the shepherds he's appointed to take care of his sheep. They've betrayed that sacred trust. It makes uncomfortable reading, but all is not lost. The stern words are followed by a renewed promise of help that is coming. I will save my flock. I will set up over them one shepherd, my servant David. And the chapter ends with the reassurance, you are my sheep, the sheep of my pasture, and I am your God, says the Lord God. Jesus' response to the plight of the people which moves him to compassion is to take action. Understanding that he can't hope to meet all their needs on his own, he enlists help. He gives his twelve disciples, even Judas, authority to heal diseases and to spread far and wide the good news that the kingdom of God has come near. He tells them to ask God to send labourers into his harvest. He might as easily have told them to ask God to send shepherds into his flock. When in John's Gospel Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, he counts on his hearers making the connection with that best loved of all psalms, 
the Lord is my shepherd. We're left in no doubt. Jesus is the shepherd and is Lord. He is uniquely the Son of God. But as he calls us, his sisters and brothers, to follow him, he calls us at the same time to share in his work. As we've just seen, he did this even when he was physically present on earth, and he still does today. Archbishop Justin summed it up, We are called to be the presence of God in the world. We are all to be fellow shepherds with Christ. And this may require of us a change of direction. Peter thought he was called to be a fisherman, though Jesus told him that his catch would be people. But then after his resurrection, he tells him to feed his lambs, to tend his sheep. This has long been seen as the role of bishops, but in reality it's for all the people whom Jesus calls to follow and serve him. Jesus was never afraid to mix his metaphors. This emboldens me to say that we are called to be at the same time both shepherds and sheep. We're there to care for and to look after one another. That's what compassion means for us. If any good has come out of this terrible outbreak of the coronavirus, it's the great wave of compassion we see in so many people, and by no means only people of faith. All who make sacrifices for the sake of others are showing the love for which God creates us. We pray that his spirit will forever sustain Christ's compassion offered to others through us in good times and in bad. God of compassion, you care for the forsaken and offer hope to the downhearted. Hear us as we cry to you in distress and bring us to that place where we may sing your praise for evermore. Amen.